Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns. And this is the show where we share cutting edge strategies on acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic. People want to know like, how can I get more traffic and sales and grow my business through speaking online or speaking on stage, which is what we're going to be talking about here today with our special guest, one of our favorite people in all the world. Bethany Cowan, who is sitting waiting patiently in the virtual perpetual traffic green room here. Kasim, we've known Bethany for quite some time. She's kind of an important person. She knows how to put on big events, especially ones in the middle of Delta variants. Like, I'm pretty excited about this show here today. Obviously, you can speak online and on stage, but also putting uh, maybe together their own events. So we're going to be talking about how you actually do that, getting a look behind the curtain a bit and how it goes. Like, how do you put on a massive event like Traffic and Conversion Summit? So pretty excited about today's guest. How about you? I'm I'm thrilled and honored, Ralph. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bethany's one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. I think she's one of the most genuine people that I've worked with in the digital marketing space. Because uh, otherwise, it's just a bunch of like charlatans and like all of us are just like posturing yeah. and you know out networking and trying to, and bethany's like the the only normal human that somehow like weaseled her way into the cesspool um and i think it's because she used to be a teacher and i think that's it yeah i think that's it i think you have to deal with a lot of bs when you're a teacher and you have to hurt a lot of children yeah and i think that's what a lot of you know on stage and diva type speakers you know yourself and myself not included in that at all right. No, but, we're the only uh, two of course. exceptions. <laughs> the only yeah. two exceptions. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, school teacher and uh, herder of uh, major children. ego petulant children, internet marketers, digital marketers, on stage personalities. Yeah, there's a lot of crossover there for sure. Yeah, I know Bethany well enough to know that she's the real life Jessica Day. And I know her well enough to know also that she counts that as an insult. So I just lost a friend. <laughs> Well, it's a good thing she's not listening because yeah. she's in the virtual green room where there's there's no sound or video. That's right. As we all know. No, that's actually not the case. She's waiting patiently. But the point is, is uh, we're pretty excited about today's show because we're getting into a lot of stuff we've never talked about on Perpetual Traffic. We've talked about Traffic Conversion Summit, for sure. I mean, geez, I guess we've promoted it for six or seven years in a row. But we've never really had anyone behind the scenes who knows all about it? How do you put on an event of that massive proportion? And how do you even do it in the middle of a pandemic is even more interesting. So uh, we're going to be talking about that here today. And if you want to get into the event business, well, there's no better person to talk about how to actually do it, you know, from putting it all together to the implementation to the follow-up after. So we're pretty excited to talk about that here today. So stick around. We're going to get into the interview with Bethany Cowan right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic, 
It was just mm. crazy, but it was fabulous. Like I, I couldn't have asked for it to go better than it, than it went. You know, there was blood, sweat and tears involved. I'm pretty sure it cost some caught me crying like four or five times throughout the course of that event. But uh, it was great. It really was. I didn't see that. I saw Bethany like taking heads and kicking ass. And she was like uh, Leonidas in, in 300. <laughs> <laughs> this is Tennessee. Basically. Basically. Yeah. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right, y'all. Here's something to look forward to. AdWorld is back. May 2nd and 3rd, and the speaker lineup is epic. Ralph and I are going to be there, of course, but you get to hear from us all the time. Really, you want to take a look at some of the marketing legends that are on the website. Seth Godin, Ariana Huffington, Tatiana Holyfield, Scott Galloway, Tom Bill Yu. It's insane. It's a veritable who's who of everything online marketing. So if you're thinking about getting a ticket, now's the time. And because I love you, I have a $700 discount that's not going to last long. Head over to adworldconference.com forward slash traffic that's adworldconference.com forward slash traffic and boom that's a 700 discount on your ticket to adworld and this ad paid for ryan's individually wrapped ice cubes thank god he now has them yeah yeah i don't know what he did without the individually wrapped ice cubes no. or maybe he he's Just one of those guys hot whiskey hot whiskey that's what it is. Whiskey was just way too warm. Ryan He's Dice one of those guys that has, yeah, he has those silicone bubbles that he puts the water in, in the big glass. You ever seen those? Like, no. We have yeah, those. Yeah, we yeah. have those. And they're he nice. He does that they're really with nice. his $700 bottle of whiskey. So that, thank you for helping him pay for that because we can't have Ryan Dice drinking bad whiskey out of, with mm-hmm. bad we ice have- cubes. Bulk ice, like a peasant. I know. Peasants do that. (laughs) Dice does not.
No. All right. Well, we zoomed on uh, Dice enough. Let's get to the real conversation here. Bethany, we are very, very excited to have you here today. So let's talk about like the thing that we sort of teased in the opener a bit is putting on an event and helping to organize. And as far as Cosmo and I know, like you're, you're like, you do it all at, at Clarion, but like, how do you put together, and you've been doing this for years now. Like, this is not something that's like a, it's a brand new thing, but then all of a sudden we have this whole pandemic thing and you guys got to change it all around. But like, how do you actually pull something like that off? Maybe first question in a pandemic and maybe give us like, everybody asks me like, how does TNC, like how the hell did they pull that off? Obviously it was right in the middle of the Delta variant. So give us maybe a little backstory here just for the curious perpetual traffic listeners. A lot of which have, you know, all gone to TNC or if you haven't, you should be. Um, but tell us a little bit about that. Cause I think that's sort of an interesting way to start things off. Yeah, totally. I, I think with the audience being, majority marketers, agency owners, people running paid traffic. Um, the most important thing is to always understand your audience and talk to them, go and talk to your customers. So when the world ended March 15th or whatever it was, 2020, um, we, we took our time like every other event did to kind of postpone and say, we're going to push this into the future. Um, but right away, we started asking questions. We start sending out surveys. Who wants to come back when it's safe to come back? Who would prefer a virtual event? What are they looking for from a virtual event? And we, we just hung our hats on that. And that's the only way forward is that if you're forced into a big pivot like that, don't make gut decisions. Don't trust your gut at all. Just go out and ask. And that's 100% what we did. We postponed from March to December. Um, Haha, still December 2020, there's this big old pandemic still happening. So we pivoted to virtual right away. And we actually won an award um, recently for just the kind of the sheer tech that we used to pull that off. It was this huge 12 foot high, 20 foot long, 360 LED screen with the audience projected on. It was just really interactive, kind of like they did at the Emmys. Um, but what we heard from them is that they wanted the content. They were desperately needing digital marketing training. Not having TNC in the year 2020 was was really hurting them, especially as there was this boom happening, especially in, in e-commerce, of course, for all the obvious reasons. Um, so we acted on that. And then in uh, 2021, they said they were ready to come back. And in July, really post-vaccinations, we had a super successful event run, Affiliate Summit East, um, which our portfolio also handles as well as Traffic and Conversion Summit. Um, and Affiliate Summit East was hugely successful. Um, we learned that e-commerce entrepreneurs specifically wanted to come back. So we made Affiliate Summit East completely themed in for them for e-commerce and um in september people were ready to come back um they bought those tickets they signed up they raised their hands and then we were all surprised to see the the delta variant come around and and really kind of shake and shock the world um but we still had a healthy a turnout we were really happy with it we still had thousands come out um and it was a hugely successful event all things considered so i would just say it's those customers, man. You you talk to them, they answer, you make business decisions based on that. And what do you know? It works out, pandemic or not. So that's that. I think that's such a phenomenal point that ask your customer. 
And it's one that you've heard before and a few people pick up that mantle, but I think that we forget, like you're in, you're in this deep, dark space. You've seen a major pivot and this is something we should carry forward. It's easy to get fatigued with, 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 um, pandemic talk, but there's going to be massive changes forever. And so let's go learn our lesson and learn it the right way. Um, stop and ask. I think that that's, that's a really solid note for all of us and something that we could, we should store away. And it doesn't have to be that complicated. You know, it, it's, it's literally send a survey, get some responses. And, you know, the last question of your survey is, are you willing to take a call? And a huge percentage raised their hand and, and we, we were on calls with these folks, you know? And so it, it doesn't have to be a complicated process. It's, it's literally a conversation. At what point did you sort of know it was okay to go back to a physical uh, event? Uh, was it like what threshold did you say? All right, well, this is, uh, <laughs> and of course you're taking, you're taking this like week, week by week, everything sort of changed obviously, but was there a threshold where like, all right, well now everybody's sort of swinging this way. And did you have like, obviously you were doing the, the, the phone interviews as well as the stuff. And I remember filling out that survey myself, like at what point are you willing to get on a plane and go? And I, I forget how I answered, but it was like a combination of all those sorts of things. Like at what point did you finally say, all right, we're going to bite the bullet. We're going to go, we're going to do this physically. Like what, what stage was that? It was a really delicate balance between us on, on the marketing and the content side that are hearing from our customers and our operations team, which was literally on the phone with the governor of New York trying to understand. And so this is talking about Philly Summit East. Um, right. there's, there's, or there's one degree of separation between someone who has a really high contact who can actually speak to the governor or the, or, or the team and say, you know, what are restrictions going to look like for the next so many days? You know, because in May, we're still kind of mid-vax season. Um, you know, what's the threshold there? And so, you know, they're kind of pumping the brakes and our customers are revved up, gearing and ready to go. And I don't know if I can point out that specific moment for you because it was just like we were all in on on having the event because, you know, a huge chunk of our customer base said that they were ready to come over, over 2000 people said, yes, we're ready. Here's my money. Take my money. I want to go see people. Um, and we were ready for that. And it was just a matter of when we got the green light, you know, from the government basically. Um, and the venue would allow us to run the event there. Um, and then for traffic and conversion summit, you know, we kind of learned the playbook from affiliate summit East. And that's what we were moving forward with. Really nothing changed for us from September, from, from July to September, mm -hmm. but then it was just California. Oh God, California restrictions are even crazier than New York just, uh, restrictions. If you can imagine that. So yeah, we knew that we were committed financially, especially because that budget had been rolled over and rolled over and rolled over. So the money was, was spent by and large. Okay. It was just a matter of let's get this done and, and put us behind us and, and really, you know, serve our customers, customer base that's been thirsty for so long. You know, I mean, I can't help but think, and I know this is going off our script a bit, but as a business owner, I, I think of all the moving parts and all the costs that go along with this. Like, I don't, uh, it, I mean, I guess there's a sort of a larger question is putting on an event just in general, never mind a pandemic, <laughs> but is it like a good way in which to have, like, is it a good business? Like, 
I remember Ryan Dice said in passing once, like a war of events, like, yeah, we don't even make any money on Traffic and Conversion Summit. We do it all for the publicity. I'm like, that's a whole lot of effort, a whole yeah. lot of expense, and a whole lot of – I mean, I remember they did it one year you know, in California where by mistake it was like on the – this must have been when you were still involved. It was on the weekend. So the California labor laws, we had to pay a time and a half. And so I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even factor that. It's like, I don't know, this just seems like a tremendously risky business model. Like, can you lend any insights into that? Maybe people who are thinking about, oh, I should go into events. Maybe you might think, well, maybe I should or maybe I shouldn't. Yeah, I I, I think it's shockingly like many other industries in yeah. that um, when you start with a homemade, handmade product, God, it's good. It's so good when it takes all this time and it's just beautiful and it's just the highest quality you can possibly imagine. And then you hand deliver it to your customer and um, you're not even in the black at that point. Like it, it costs you more. It, uh, it's more of a labor of love than it is a business at that point. And mm -hmm. I actually think in the beginning of Traffic and Conversion uh, Summit, before the launch of Digital Marketer, right? Like it actually right. predates Digital Marketer, which I don't know yeah. how many people actually know that. They launched Digital Marketer from the success that TNC was having. Um, they found out that Digital Marketer was way more profitable than TNC. But all that to say is that if you want to start an event, um, and I actually believe this still, that this is the, the right way to do it, um, start really small get your little mastermind group of friends together. Because I think in the beginning, it was just this very much like elite insiders, underground secret trading, like what's what's working now. It was tablecloths and pens and it was it, it had that war room feel um, in right. the beginning. And then as it grew in popularity um, and it just digital marketing grew, I mean, it really just kind of traced, it, traced the growth of digital marketing in general. And as digital marketing grew and it's att attracting more and more people to traffic and conversion summit, um, suddenly you realize that like being the founder or being the original like jewelry maker or whatever it is, um, you're not necessarily going to be an expert in running events. Um, and right. That is where Clarion, where we really bring value to tons of different industries. I mean, you would not believe how many industries we, we are in. The events we run in defense, fire and rescue, gaming, esports, horse wow. racing. I mean, the craziest things you can imagine. Um, but what we do and how we insert value into industries is we, we find those gems like Traffic and Conversion Summit, where some amazing business founder just found this value, scaled it, found an audience, really just created something super duper special. But yeah, suddenly it's not sustainable anymore um, because their digital marketer shuts down that week. Or when digital marketer ran the event, they would shut down the whole week. Every single one of the 40-something employees would be involved somehow. And it's just really expensive. Um, mm. And your business operations stop. You're not going to make any money off of that. But for us, we're experts. And we partner with expert vendors. We have expert vendor networks around the world. And we can run massive events with, I mean, I think it might shock you. Like, there's only like 13 people that work on Traffic and Conversion Summit. Really? Yeah. Wow. Everybody else is a vendor. Um, okay. The marketing team, are you ready for this? The marketing team? Two people. Wow. And you're on every team, though. <laughs> 
I'm you? on every team. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not on CS team. I'm not actually running campaigns. I tend to run. Um, I tend to be like the product positioning, brand voice, copywriting editor person. I don't. I don't sit down and write copy um, unless it's there's some kind of deadline. They need somebody to step in. Um, but I coming into digital marketer, being a digital marketer employee for two years, then going over to work at Clarion full time, kind of just learned the 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 heart and soul of the event, which mm-hmm. was passed down from from Ryan to Russ Henneberry to Jenna Snavely to me, um, kind of carrying that torch forward. So I, I'd like to think that we still have that original founded, you know, spirit of the event. But I would recommend that anybody start that way. Start with the handmade, pour your heart and soul into it, make no money. It's fine. But when you create something truly fantastic, then it's like, okay, who out there is going to put some money into this amazing thing that I'm doing and really help me scale it? And now and now it's a profit center for them, which is awesome. Yeah. That's funny. That's because how people it's... still think of TNC. When you hear people talk about TNC, they still think of it as – and you know, it's like anything else. It's like when, you, when you've known somebody since they were a little kid – even though you see him like as as a, as a you know grown up, like you still see him as a little kid. People look at TNC as like this nimble, organic, raw, like hackathon. With it was almost like it was in the backwoods, you know, and and you had to know the secret password and it sort of it was like a speakeasy. And now it's this massive event, but it it carried that that personality forward. So I think that starting niche advice is really good advice. And small is okay. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants an event where fifty thousand people come, but. You know, maybe the event where you get 20, maybe that's more impactful. If you want to convert high ticket, keep it really small and intimate. Like, you know, yeah. that that's the that's the power in there. We've got a buddy and he's going to be on Perpetual Traffic soon, Steve Sims. Steve is, he's a big, big deal, right? I mean, Steve knows every billionaire on the planet, wicked connected. He could do a 50,000 person event if he wanted to. His events are all 30, 40 people max, absolute max. But he wants, he's going after impact. Hey, it's Kasim here and I have a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your website? Now, I know that sounds crazy, but seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully target your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? It might sound too good to be true, but our new sponsors at getemails.com can do just that. They've created a system that's compliant with U.S. laws and regulations, and every email address they send you is opted in to receive emails. That means you can connect your anonymous website visitors to real people and then safely retarget them through email with real-time, fully compliant interactions. I've personally met the CEO, Adam Robinson, and the guy is absolutely brilliant. And he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for PT listeners. If you are an e-commerce brand that's doing over a million in annual revenue and you've gone through their easy 30-minute onboarding process, if you don't 5X your investment within the first six months, they will give you all of your money back. To take advantage of this offer, go to getemails.com forward slash scalable. That's getemails.com forward slash scalable. Hey, PT listeners, when's the last time your business published on its blog? If the answer is, that's way too long for me to remember, 
I want you to listen up because our friends at BKA Content have a new service where they'll deliver fresh blogs to your inbox and all you have to do is just post them on your site. Now, these articles are all originally written just for your business. They're not generic articles that are just copy and pasted or thrown into some AI software or written by a VA. No, these are professional writers who are going to sit down and write articles just for your business. We've used them in the past, and they're absolutely fabulous. Now, if you want an extra reason to go try them yourself, BKA is giving PT listeners half off their first month. Just go to bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual to get started. That's bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual. Yeah, Steve has the formula down for sure. Yep. For sure. So we are here with Bethany Cowan talking about uh, how she was able to put TNC together as well as uh, Affiliate Summit East and did it like amazingly well in the middle of a pandemic. This year, hopefully, can be a little bit easier on her. Uh, but also, like, how you really, I mean, if you are considering doing this sort of thing, you should probably start really small as a recommendation, but anyway, it can be a profit center for you and your business. So definitely consider that. Um, in the second half of the show here, we're going to be talking about speaking and what a lot of people don't know about how speaking at these events can really impact your business and the do's and don'ts when we come back right after this quick break. Is your business not spending tens of thousands of dollars per month on social ads, but you really want a top tier agency to manage those ads for you? Well, back in early 2020, Tier 11 started offering a service just like that to be able to serve all those businesses out there that maybe aren't spending hundreds of thousands of dollars per month, but still want professional help, quality media buying and campaign management at an affordable price. So for a limited time, we're offering a special offer for our new Cornerstone product over at tier11.com forward slash corner so we can see how we can help you unlock your online business potential in the coming year. That's tier11.com forward slash corner. Apply today and we'd love to see how we can scale and grow your business in the coming year. So let's talk about Speaking on stage, uh, it's been, I mean, I think I speak for Kasim and saying that that's absolutely a, a, it's part of our marketing strategy for my company in general, but it didn't necessarily happen. I didn't purposely go out and do it. It just kind of happened. And I think there's maybe some lessons in there as to how it does happen. I always sort of followed this advice, like just be helpful and useful. And eventually people will maybe start giving you money for the things that you help them with. That was kind of how I started the whole business. Um, people needed Facebook ads 15 years ago. So I started doing that. But anyway, I, uh, but I found that ever since I've started to do a lot of uh, on stage speaking, I mean, it's huge for credibility. It's great for the business. Uh, there's also an ego gratification part of things, which Cosm obviously he loves that as well. Bright lights, you know, big city, that kind of thing. But tell us about, I don't mean to, I'm speaking for you here. I'm trying not to use a curse word. Um, I'm a very promiscuous speaker. I will, I will do any stage. I am. <laughs> you will I'm so. With any suitor. I, yeah. I love it. That's the thing. Like I love 
being on stage. And it's, it's for all the wrong reasons. It's because I, I like to be above people and I like them looking at me and I like the attention and I like, but you're afterwards. tall. You're tall. I know. You already look above people. That's probably why it's like, I'm so used to craning above. I don't know. It's no, it really is. It, it's, it speaks to all the, the horribly annoying, pathetic personality traits that I carry around in my, my strange sense of narcissism. Um, but the byproduct of speaking has been, it's funny that we've never talked about it on perpetual traffic because the best highest quality traffic I've ever gotten in my entire life comes from having been on stage. I've never had people beg to work with us until I was on stage. And then you get off and then, and then they ask like, Oh, are you taking any more customers? And this is 48 hours after I've been, you know, like on thumbtack being like, please work with me instead of the four other people that are bidding on this, you know, like it was, it was such a revelation. And from that point on, I was just absolutely hooked. It was like, oh, I get to feed my ego and my wallet. Are you freaking kidding me? Um, but I have noticed that my sense of desperation in my early years as a speaker definitely hurt my ability to get on real stages. So I had to peel that back a little bit. <laughs> yeah, there is so much human psychology at work in the whole process of getting on to the stage, getting on the stage, and then getting off the stage, right? And and I could probably write a book on it. I have no plans to do that. But I, I think how not to get on a stage, and you and you pointed that out, Kasim, was, was the desperation to get on a stage. I have unfortunately resulted to blocking people on LinkedIn who oh, no. were just uh, – absolutely desperate. I mean, we're messaging me on a daily basis and like, and I understand that desire. Like I really do. Um, but the method is actually what Ralph talked about, which is try to put as much value just out there in the world as you possibly can. I think people think that the only way I find speakers is when they walk right up to me and ask if they can speak. And my favorite way to find speakers is I'm on LinkedIn and I see a great post oh, who's this person? They look interesting. Or somebody I really like and respect like somebody else's post. Or I see you on YouTube, like sharing a strategy that's really working. Or you get directly recommended to me um, by somebody that I know, like, and trust. So, I mean, first and foremost, it's, it's relationships, but it's also, I got to see you out there willing to share real value, proving that you have value to share. There's there's proof embedded in what you're teaching. And then, of course, that you're a good fit, that everything that you do is actionable, tactical, proven, at, swipeable, that you're not out there. You're out there giving content because you're trying to attract customers. You're not doing sell, sell, sell at the end of every single thing you're doing. Um, so that's that's my favorite way to find speakers. And to me, that's the way to to get on stage. We use an application process that is designed to tease this out. You know, I'm I'm very specific in the things I'm looking for. I'm looking for actionable takeaways. I'm looking for for all that stuff. And 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 the application is is the only way to for sure be able to speak at TNC. Um, but yeah, that that kind of desperate reach out, I really, really struggle with because I'm thinking if you were a good fit for our stage, people would already be liking and recommending your content. And if you're trying to use the stage to leverage yourself to that next position, well, then the reality is you're not ready. Like your Mm. business is not at that place. You are not as a leader in a position where you're already sharing that value. Our stage is not the place to test that. 
it's just not going to happen. So if I see that they're kind of already proven out there in the education space, giving mar- marketing education away for free, then those are the people that I, re- I really want to be working with. I mean, at, at the at a base level, I mean, be helpful and be useful, but be good too. Like you do have to have good stuff. I mean, you can't suck. you can't suck. You can't just regurgitate other people's ideas and call them your own. I mean, you can put your own spin on it and then rename it something else. I mean, everybody does that in our space anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we've all been guilty of that. But I mean, there's really no original ideas in, in advertising, quite honestly, at least on our end. But the tactics and the techniques and the spins and the way that you approach it is unique. And I think um, that's something that helps build a good business, but it also makes you more attractive for speaking engagements. And I think a lot of, a lot of people ask me like, how do you get good at speaking just in general? And I just say, you have to do it a lot. And that's like, that's it. And TNC is not going to be like, if it's the first time you've ever spoken, you're like, yeah, I want to get on TNC stage. I, I'm going to LinkedIn message Bethany. Like, and this is your first time. Well, no, you got to kind of put in your chops elsewhere. You got to put in your 10,000 hours or whatever it happens to be, whatever Malcolm Gladwell euphemism you want to throw in there. Um, point is, is like you have to be good to speak on the stages that you're promoting right now. But at the very least, go out there and just do it and be awkward and be crappy and be horrible. And that's OK. And that's like how most people start. You don't come out of the, you know, the womb like a great speaker. Very rare cases, at least in my estimation. I don't know. What are your thoughts? 100%. And I think kind of back to the psychology of it, um, people can smell when you're on stage and and you want something from them. Um, And I think the reason why when you guys step off stage that people, you know, Kasim and I, I, or no, actually it was your team, Kasim, that was like, oh, the teen tsunami of leads that came in after you spoke on stage. Um, it's because they can they can tell that you're just up there sharing and that you have that experience and you have, you know, the confidence is so important because that's actually what's selling them. The reality is people that want to work with you, they have no idea what the, you're up there talking about. They're seeing the numbers flash by, but you look confident, you sound confident, and I'm ready to, to put my business into your hands. Um, that's something that honestly, like, a re- I, I'm... I'm kind of a hobbyist copywriter. I love good copy. Really good copy can't do that. You can articulate your authority as much as you can all day, every day, but people just aren't as ready to receive it as when you're on that stage. It immediately puts you in that position of authority. And when, you, when you're just relaxed, that's all it takes. When you're just relaxed, people immediately trust you because it's like, you know, if he's talking about all this stuff, he's up there and he's relaxed. I know that I want to work with him. So I, well, if you're listening to this and you want to hit the stage, I want to pull something that Bethany set out. There's, a, there's an, a limitless number of opportunities to speak. They're all small. There's a hundred million podcasts out there that have zero listeners and two episodes. And I know that, that they're, you know, quote unquote beneath you, but, but they're not, right? Like go pay your dues. And the, the podcast with two listeners will lead to the podcast with 20, will lead to the podcast with 2000. And everybody that I know, I can't think of a single exception, to be honest with you. Everybody that I know that 
is on those stages paid their dues. Have to. It's just it's just the rule. So start now. You know, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is today. Plant your tree now. If that's something you want to do, it's not hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ralph, weren't you, were you the one that has said that you used to speak at like your local chamber of commerce? Yeah. Yeah, that's actually, that's... Uh... I mean, talk about like the 10,000 hours or whatever. Like I joined it when I was fired for the second time and uh, was starting building this thing. Uh, I said, the only way for me to get good is to just go out and just meet people face to face and practice my pitch. So I joined BNI, which is Business Networking International. I also uh, joined our local, like two local chambers of commerce and every Friday at believe it or not, 7 a.m. to get your ass there at 7 a.m., like five of seven on a Friday. And the first half, first, I think, 20 minutes of the meeting was everybody going around the room and there was 25 people doing a 60-second speech. And if you went over, there was a buzzer, like ding, ding, like you had to stop. So you had to practice it, get your pitch in, get your credibility, something useful, with a call to action inside of 60 seconds. I used to have my little like iPhone four or whatever the hell it was, you know, like going off, like, you know, my 60 second countdown. And that's how I got like, not great, but I got better every single time. And that's, I'm not saying that people have to go out like that, but that's like the smallest of small stages. And it was referral network. And then I got invited to speak at chamber of commerce. Cause like, Hey, that guy actually knows what he's talking about. And because he's helpful and useful and like, hey, can you speak here? Can you speak? So that's how I started doing it. It was all local stuff. And that's just how it happened. And then you're able to kind of piece it all together from there. And then the stages got bigger and bigger. And then next thing you know, uh, you know, Dice is asking me to speak at War Room. And then the next thing is TNC. And like it just it happened like that. But yeah, you, you start small. And I, I hate to say that because it just sounds like so hard and so such a long journey, but it's true. Mm. Well, nobody else is willing to do it. Yeah. Exactly. No one else is willing to do it. And it sounds hard. And I would say that it's really not. Like, it's really hard the first time you go. It's really scary. Um, But I really think that the growth is exponential. And especially, like you said, Ralph, with the referral network, it's like, and and Kasim kind of mentioned it too with the podcasting. It's like every every step you take is just like another like lever up to, you know, sort of the next level of that new network. And, um, you know, people are inherently lazy. So when I see a podcast competitor, they're kind of similar to mine. I kind of know them and I see that they had this guest on that I've never heard of. I'm like, well, they're probably a good fit for my podcast. I'm going to go talk to them, you know? And so like every little step forward is, is really just a huge, a huge leap to, so before you know it, mo- six degrees of separation, you're going to get to me. If you just keep, if you just keep walking up that ladder, you're going to get to me eventually. Yeah. And every person that you interact with and every stage that you interact with and every group that you interact with is another contact too. So, and I, and I think that's important. It's like mm-hmm. the more people that we have on the show, like this is a great outlet for us. Cause like selfishly speaking, me and Kasim get to you know, network with a lot of pretty cool people Mm -hmm. and like, that's pretty neat. But now we have those contacts and then we find that they refer business to us or, Hey, have you thought about this? Or like, Hey, I want you to be on this guy's show. Like it just blossoms. Like that's a one step at a time. Like 
tiny little steps all kind of adding up to this major network of people that you ultimately know. And that's how you build a business. That's how you build a network. And, um, you know, you end up building a pretty good life too, because you have a lot of people that you can rely on that you enjoy hanging out with. Cause I mean, if we're doing this 40, 50 hours a week, you might as well enjoy it. Like, you know, probably more like 60, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think another thing that I would add to that is, you know, when you are targeting an event that you want to speak at, for example, I, I just, I can't overstate how important it is that you know their audience inside and out. So if you want to speak in an event and, and you're not a celebrity, you need to have been to that event three, three or four times, because that's the only way to really understand the audience, tap into what they need, and then be able to articulate to the event organizer. Here's why I'm perfect for this audience. And I can't believe you've never had me on stage before. Now, don't say it like that. That doesn't work very well. But, (laughs) you know, that's, that's what I'm thinking in my head. I have people that I'm introduced to. I'm just like, oh my God, how come I never knew about you? Like you're perfect. And it's because they are just nailing our audience. They absolutely get it. And they're coming at it with such specificity and like such a unique, you really have to have that kind of unique value proposition where, you know, you have this cool, interesting background and you've created this amazing tactic or strategy and you've tested it like the ever love and hell out of it, you know? And I go, that really just like sings to me, you know? Um, But somebody who's trying, someone who's trying to sell me on, on, on they're a good speaker, I actually don't care if you're a good speaker or not. Like if you're really awkward, I'm, I, I might prefer to work with somebody else. I just want to know, is it proven? Is it valuable? Can you really bring it on the stage? And do you have, do you have a little bit of, of experience in, in speaking? That's really all that it takes. I think what drives me crazy is when people bring like their pat circuit speech, you know, they bring their story I hate that. <laughs> I hate that so much. And it's not about what I like, really. It's just, it's absolutely not a fit for our event. Mm. And um, it's just... Well, it's effectively worthless, you know? Yeah. It's like, I, I've got this thing chambered, locked and ready to go. And yeah, maybe it's a good keynote if you get asked to speak at a high school or something. But if people are paying to go to a high-end event, you got to bring it. Yeah. It has to be topical and specific and actionable and maybe even customized for that audience, you know, <laughs> hit, hit, nudge, nudge. Yeah, I've seen, um, well, there's a lot of speaking coaches that teach that approach too. If you're going to speak for an hour, talk a half hour about your story and how like that will warm up the audience and make them empathize with you and who you are. I don't know. I, I never resonated with that approach. I've seen those speeches, especially at TNC and seen them bomb at first hand mm-hmm. somehow they like this years ago one in particular i can think of but the point is like that's taught that way but well in uh, you know it's taught that way but mm-hmm. in actuality it's like nobody really cares about you the speaker they want to learn what it is that's inside your brain so they can take that and then help themselves it's all about what's in it for them they don't really care about the story but I, mean, I guess and- if you have more time or it's your event maybe but in a place like TNC or affiliate somebody East or West, it's like, just get right to the good stuff. And that goes right back to the people that are teaching you and coaching you to tell your story. They're doing that. And they have some of them very lucrative business models in teaching and coaching people to do that. 
because psychologically, if I'm, you know, signing up for that course, that makes me feel really good. It makes me feel so good to tell no, my story for 45 minutes. Yeah, so oh true. my gosh. I, it, gives, it gives me like this spiritual awakening, you know, and I am just on fire every time I do it. Well, yeah, because that's your story and like, good for you. You know, your story, you found your truth, tick, move on to the rest of your life. And, you know, there are people that make so much money, people that we know, unfortunately, preying on the base instincts of other people that are trying to find success in their life. So you tell me that I'm going to make a bunch of money, like going to go speak on stage, like, hell yeah, sign me up. Um, you tell me that I can do that by telling my story even better. This feels incredible. Yes. You know, but the people that actually find real lasting sustainable years, years, years long success speaking on stages are, are just sharing their knowledge. That's all they're doing. They're not telling their, their personal story. They're not getting caught up in this, you know, ego woo woo stuff. They're just trying to help their audience. They're sharing some great knowledge and they're damn good at it. That's it. Mm. So a recommendation for people who have never spoken before. And they're like, well, I need to tell a little bit about who I am. Otherwise they won't think I'm credible. I, like, where's the line? Is there a line? Does there need to be a line? Or do you just go into it and you become credible because of what you say? The credibility is that you're on the stage. And I, mm. I can't overstate that for people and just be like, uh, I love it when people have their one slide. Hey, my name's Kasim. I'm the CEO of the greatest Google Ads agency in the world. Blah, 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 blah. And anyway, the reason why you're here is that you want to know X. And like that gets people excited because they're like, oh, he's got a lot to say. Um, you know, a lot of stuff that's going to help me. And the credibility becomes, you know, how well you are meeting the goals that I have. I mean, it's just, it's just like your product page. You're, you're laying out the benefits. You spend two seconds on the authority that you have and you've got your customer re reviews and your five stars and how many hundreds of people you've helped. Good, good, good. That's nice. I have to see that, you know, I have to go tick, but I want to see how does this benefit me as fast as possible. Um, so one slide, if you can do it in a minute or less, I'm, I'm not kidding. That it literally excites people. They go, oh yeah, this is going to be good. You so know. counterintuitive, most, mm -hmm. most people think. Absolutely yeah. true. People love talking about themselves. And no one ever wants to hear other people talk about themselves. It is <laughs> People the hate ultimate... listening to you talk about yourself. <laughs> exactly. It's this amazing conflict in our humanity. You know, it's not necessarily what the coaches teach you. It's actually, uh, it's about how effective you are in helping other people at the end of the day. Like if you're, if you're doing that, then you're, you're probably like, even if you're not really polished, people worry about that too. Like, I'm not a really good speaker. Well, I, I, I once met the founder of Life is Good and we hung out and had beers at like a summit one time. And I was, and he had spoken that day and he was like one of the last speakers. And there were all these professional speakers in front of him, like super slick, like really, really good. And then he came on and he's this guy from Boston. And he's got like an accent and, you know, said the F-bomb and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, dude, you were the best speaker of the entire day. He's like, that's really funny that you said that because somebody once told me, it's like, never get good. I was like, never get good. It's like, yeah, never get good. Like never get polished because I said, that's exactly it. 
It's like, cause you're you, you stood out because you were that way. And I always sort of remember that like too much polish. People are like, eh, raises their hackles a little bit. If you're just genuine and you're you, maybe you're a little bit nerdy or geeky. Maybe you're not all your jokes will, will have the audience cracking up or some of them will fall flat. Like that's okay. And like, that just makes you more human and you can connect with the audience better. And I always sort of remember that. And I, Keep that in the back of my mind, especially for people who are worried about like all the stuff we're talking about here. Oh, this is like a big leap. As long as you are helpful and useful and you are teaching something that's relevant and, and really valuable, then you're going to be a good speaker. I love that. I, I, I completely love that. I think there's also something to, you know, just, and this is the same thing for, for any business or product is just really leaning into what makes it unique. Um, and you know, if your thing is that you're a laid back guy and you've got this Boston accent, like, like that's your thing. Like your thing. why is Matthew McConaughey? Perfect. Absolutely not. But we're obsessed with him as a nation because he just has his way. And he's just, you hear that voice, you know, immediately who it is. He has that very particular personality style. Um, one of those, one of my favorite speakers I ever, ever worked with with Traffic and Conversion Summit is um, Molly Mahoney. And she never fails to sing somewhere in her presentation. And I know you're like, so cool. you're saying it's just because I'm a choir teacher that I'm saying that, or I'm a former choir teacher that I'm saying oh. that. Um, but really it's that Molly is so crazy and corny and out there that like no one else can do that. But also she's going to be completely unforgettable. And it's not it's not inauthentic for her to do that. Like that is actually who she is. She is like a living, breathing Disney princess. Um, And she makes a lot of money doing that. Um, So I love that. Just, just be yourself. That's great. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for being yourself on perpetual traffic. You said you're the world's biggest fan. Now you are one of our top favorite guests. So right back at you. And uh, what's going on? Like, what events are you promoting these days that you can tell the perpetual traffic folks about? We have two amazing events this year, which is perfect for this audience. Uh, First one up is Affiliate Summit East, which is in New York. It's at the end of May, May 24th to 25th. It is all about e-commerce. So it's like absolutely perfect for y'all that just want to learn some, you know, conversion strategies or traffic strategies. Really big one for this crew. And then uh, we've also got classic traffic and conversion summit is going to be later on in September, September 27th through 29th. So come hang out. It's amazing. And you will definitely learn a lot. Yeah. Those are two good places for listeners to uh, pick up some even more uh, in-depth tips we did the on stage thing here today which was absolutely fabulous which like i said we've never talked about here on perpetual traffic so this was super great to have you on and uh people want to connect with you personally one-on-one like where would they uh do that linkedin is actually cool i know we we joked about that a little bit before but go ahead and add me on linkedin and guys if you're gonna do it just please just share with me something that you've created a blog a, a youtube video some kind of content you've created even your lead magazine. I know a little bit about marketing, running these conferences. So um, I'd be happy to give some feedback if you're open to it. So let's start a conversation. Cool. That's super generous of you. Thanks again for coming on the show. And uh, for all of you listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe and leave a rating wherever you are listening. And let us know what we can do better over at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash 
better and you can go back and listen to some uh, previous episodes over there at perpetualtraffic.com. We'll leave all links and resources we mentioned here in the show notes on behalf of my awesome co-host, Qasem Aslam. Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic 